0: Chapter seven of Davy and the Goblin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Davy and the Goblin by Charles E. Carroll. Chapter Seven: The Moving Forest. Oh dear, cried Davy, speaking aloud in his distress. I do wish people and things wouldn't change about so Just as soon as I ever get to a place it goes away, and I'm somewhere else And the little boy's heart began to beat rapidly as he looked about him for the wood was very dark and solemn and still Presently the trees and bushes directly before him moved silently apart and showed a broad path beautifully overgrown with soft turf and as he stepped forward upon it the trees and bushes beyond moved silently aside in their turn, and the path grew before him as he walked along, like a green carpet slowly unrolling itself through the wood. It made him a little uneasy at first to find that the trees behind him came together again, quietly blotting out the path. But then he thought, it really doesn't matter so long as I don't want to go back. And so he walked along very contentedly. By and by the path seemed to give itself a shake and turning abruptly around a large tree Brought Davy suddenly upon a little butcher's shop snugly buried in the wood There was a sign on the shop reading Robin Hood venison and Robin himself wearing a clean white apron over his suit of Lincoln green stood in the doorway Holding a knife and steel as though he were on the lookout for customers As he caught sight of Davy he said Steaks chops in an inquiring way quite like an everyday butcher Venison is dear isn't it said Davy looking up at the sign not at all said Robin Hood promptly. It's the cheapest meat about here Oh, I didn't mean that Replied Davy. I meant that it comes off of a deer wrong again Said Robin Hood triumphantly it comes on a deer. I cut it off myself steaks "'Chops?' "'No, I thank you,' said Davy, giving up the argument. "'I don't think I want anything to eat just now.' "'Then what did you come here for?' said Robin Hood, peevishly. "'What's the good, I'd like to know, of standing around and staring at an honest tradesman?' "'Well, you see,' said Davy, beginning to feel that he had, somehow, been very rude in coming there at all, "'I didn't know you were this sort of person at all. "'I always thought you were an archer, like—' like william tell you know that's all a mistake about tell said robin hood contemptuously he wasn't an archer he was a crossbow man the crossest one that ever lived by the way he added suddenly returning to business with the greatest earnestness you don't happen to want any steaks or chops today do you no not today thank you said davy very politely tomorrow inquired robin hood no, I thank you said Davy again Will you want any yesterday inquired Robin Hood rather doubtfully I think not said Davy beginning to laugh Robin Hood stared at him for a moment with a puzzled expression and then walked into his little shop and Davy turned away as he did so the path behind him began to unfold itself through the wood and looking back over his shoulder he saw the little shop swallowed up by the trees and bushes just as it disappeared from view he caught a glimpse of a charming little girl peeping out of a latticed window beside the door She wore a little red hood and looked wistfully after Davy as the shop went out of sight I Verily believe that was little red riding hood said Davy to himself, and I never knew before that Robin Hood was her father The thought of red riding hood however brought the wolf to Davy's mind and he began to anxiously watch the thickets on either side of the path and Even went so far as to whistle softly to himself by way of showing that he wasn't in the least afraid He went on and on hoping the forest would soon come to an end until the path shook itself again disclosing to view a trim little brick shop in the densest part of the thicket it had a neat little green door with a bright brass knocker upon it and a sign above it bearing the words sham sham bargains in watches well exclaimed davy in amazement of all places to sell watches in that's the preposterousest but as he turned to walk away he found the trees and bushes for the first time blocking his way and refusing to move aside this distressed him very much until it suddenly occurred to him that this must mean that he was to go inside the shop, and after a moment's hesitation he went up and knocked timidly at the door, with the bright brass knocker. There was no response to the knock, and Davy cautiously pushed open the door and went in. The place was so dark that at first he could see nothing, although he heard a rattling sound coming from the back part of the shop but presently he discovered the figure of an old man busily mixing something in a large iron pot as davy approached him he saw that the pot was full of watches which the old man was stirring with a ladle the old creature was very curiously dressed in a suit of rusty green velvet with little silver buttons sewed over it and he wore a pair of enormous yellow leather boots and davy was quite alarmed at seeing that the broad leathern belt about his waist was stuck full of old-fashioned knives and pistols davy was about to retreat quickly from the shop when the old man looked up and said in a peevish voice how many watches do you want and davy saw that he was a very shocking-looking person with wild staring eyes and with a skin as dark as mahogany as if he had been soaked in something for ever so long "'How many?' repeated the old man, impatiently. "'If you please,' said Davy, "'I don't think I'll take any watches today. "'I'll call—' Drat'em!" interrupted the old man, "'angrily beating the watches with his ladle. "'I'll never get rid of them, never!' "'It seems to me,' began Davy, soothingly. "'Of course it does!' again interrupted the old man, "'as crossly as before. "'Of course it does. "'That's because you won't listen to the why of it.' "'But I will listen,' said Davy. "'Then sit down on the floor and hold up your ears,' said the old man. Davy did as he was told to do, so far as sitting on the floor was concerned. And the old man pulled a paper out of one of his boots, and glaring at Davy over the top of it, said angrily, "'You're a pretty spectacle. I'm another. What does that make?' "'A pair of spectacles, I suppose,' said Davy. "'Right,' said the old man. "'Here they are and pulling an enormous pair of spectacles out of the other boot he put them on and began reading aloud from his paper my recollectest thoughts are those which i remember yet and bearing on as you'd suppose the things i don't forget but my resemblest thoughts are less alike than they should be a state of things as you'll confess you very seldom see clever isn't it said the old man peeping proudly over the top of the paper ''Yes, I think it is,'' said Davy, rather doubtfully. ''Now comes the cream of the whole thing,'' said the old man. ''Just listen to this.'' ''And yet the mostest thought I love is what no one believes.'' Here the old man hastily crammed the paper into his boot again and stared solemnly at Davy. ''What is it?'' said Davy, after waiting a moment for him to complete the verse. The old man glanced suspiciously about the shop, and then added in a hoarse whisper that i'm the sole survivor of the famous forty thieves but i thought the forty thieves were all boiled to death said davy all oh, but me said the old man decidedly i was in the last jar and when they came to me the oil was off the boil or the boil was off the oil i forget which it was but it ruined my digestion and made me look like a gingerbread man what larks we used to have he continued rocking himself back and forth and chuckling hoarsely oh we were a precious lot we were i'm sham sham you know then there was anna manamona mike he was an irishman from hullaboo and barcelona Boner. he was a spanish chap and boned everything he could lay his hands on strike's real name was Gobang, but we called him strike because he was always asking for more pay "'Hareware was a poacher, and used to catch Welsh rabbits in a trap. "'We called him Hardware, because he had so much steel about him. "'Good joke, wasn't it?' "'Oh, very,' said Davy, laughing. Frownwack was a scowling fellow with a club,' continued Shamsham. Sham. "'My, how he could hit! "'And Harrico and Barrico were a couple of bad society islanders. "'Then there was Wo. He was a little Chinese chap and we used to send him down the chimneys to open front doors for us he used to say that suited him to perfection whack at this moment an extraordinary commotion began among the watches there was no doubt about it the pot was boiling and sham sham angrily crying out don't tell me a watch pot never boils sprang to his feet and pulling a pair of pistols from his belt began firing at the watches which were now bubbling over the side of the pot and rolling about the floor while davy who had had quite enough of shamsham Sham by this time ran out of the door to his great surprise he found himself in a sort of underground passage lighted by grated openings overhead but as he could still hear shamsham Sham, who now seemed to be firing all his pistols at once he did not hesitate but ran along the passage at the top of his speed presently he came in sight of a figure hurrying toward him with a lighted candle and as it approached he was perfectly astounded to see that it was shamsham Sham himself dressed up in a neat calico frock and a dimity apron like a housekeeper and with a bunch of keys hanging at his girdle the old man seemed to be greatly agitated and hurriedly whispering we thought you were never coming sir led the way through the passage in great haste davy noticed that they were now in a sort of tunnel made of fine grass the grass had a delightful fragrance like new-mown hay and was neatly wound around the tunnel like the inside of a bird's nest the next moment they came out into an open space in the forest where to Davy's amazement the cockalorum was sitting bolt upright in an armchair with his head wrapped up in a flannel it seemed to be night but the place was lighted up by a large chandelier that hung from the branches of a tree and davy saw that a number of odd-looking birds were roosting on the chandelier among the lights gazing down upon the poor cockalorum with a melancholy interest as sham sham made his appearance with davy at his heels there was a sudden commotion among the birds and they all cried out together here's the doctor but before Davy could reply, the hole-keeper suddenly made his appearance with his great book, and hurriedly turning over the leaves, said, pointing to Davy, He isn't a doctor. His name is Glupitch. At these words there arose a long, wailing cry. The lights disappeared, and Davy found himself on a broad path in the forest, with the hole-keeper walking quietly beside him. End of chapter 7